Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, as always, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. You can find out, uh, follow me around social media, get the live stream, the podcast, sign up for the daily email, and most importantly, if you text Eric to 33777, when the pre-order link comes out for my new book uh, later this year, I'll send you a text message with the link. I do have a book. It's going to be coming out. Uh, you will be as gods, the rise of the woke Gnostic left and their new religion. And I hope you'll you'll be interested in ordering it. Um, so I, I got to... Let me just talk to you about my philosophy of radio for a minute. And, and this, this, it's going to sound sort of there, there's, there's a point and an apology. I don't want to be a bad impression of Rush Limbaugh. At one point in my life, I did. He was a good friend and discouraged that greatly. Um, and I'm very disappointed in a lot of what I hear on talk radio. I don't listen to a ton of it, but of that I do. It's all very predictable. You, you know what's going to be covered and how it's going to be covered. You know the topics. You know the outrage. You know the red meat, the chum in the water. You know, you, you throw blood in the water and the sharks feed, and, and that's the way so many conservative talk radio show hosts feed is I'm going to dump the chum in the water and you're all going to feed. I get accused of being a moderate uh, because I at least want you to know what the news actually is, not just what's going to provoke you and uh, what the other side believes. Whether you agree or not, I, I think it's worth you understanding what the other side believes, because I've always thought the conservative side of things does a better job of understanding the other side than the left does of us. And by giving you all of the facts, you can make up your own mind. I don't want to just be the predictable guy who gets you enraged about the Democrats, and it's all bashing the Democrats and praising certain Republicans and and bashing other predictable Republicans, the, the establishment, the uniparty, using all the buzzwords that people use on social media and in conservative media. It's just a hive mind. If one goes off the cliff, everyone's going off the cliff. And, and I want to give you the news. I, I want to require you to tune in. So by the time you get to the podcast, it's no longer timely. you got to turn into your local radio station that I am on to hear me live or slightly in delay, to know what's going on, to give you the breaking news, and to try to play it as straight with you as I can. I'll tell you what I think about it. But let me give you the news first. I say all of that to apologize because I feel like in the last few weeks, all I've done is yell. This situation in Israel and the response, I, it's like I'm losing my religion over it. I am furious with people who are trying to be too clever by half and say, I'm not taking the side. You literally can't distinguish between monsters who chopped off the heads of babies and threw live children into ovens to cook them alive 
and and the, the innocent Israelis. You can't do that. You're not willing to pick a side on that. It, it's insane to me. It's gotten my blood pressure up, and and I feel like I I don't feel like I I know I've been instead of just just giving you here's the news. Um, I've been infuriated, and I I am infuriated, and I just in a fight between good and evil. How can people? Nuance, sit on the side, pretend that there, there's two sides to the story. There are no two sides to a story when you're putting babies in ovens or chopping off their heads. There's just not. And I think you're not a moral coward if you refuse to take a side on that. You're actually evil. You are complicit in evil. In the fight between good and evil, when you sit on the sidelines, when you obfuscate, you're on the side of evil. So I have a hard time just playing it straight. And here's the news. Hamas says this. Israel says this. I, Hamas is a terrorist organization filled with propagandists in the West, writing in the pages of the New York Times and showing up on CNN and MSNBC. I, 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 I will not do it. I will not try to just play this straight because the only straight way to play it is to be on Israel's side. Which leads me to where I have to begin the show today. The president and vice president have announced that they will develop the first ever U.S. national strategy to counter Islamophobia in the United States. They say, quote, we look forward to continuing our work with community leaders, advocates, members of Congress, and more to develop the strategy, which will be a joint effort led by the Domestic Policy Council and the National Security Council to counter the scourge of Islamophobia and hate in all forms. Really? This is what they're going to do. This is from Reuters. In Los Angeles, a man screaming kill Jews attempts to break into a family's home. In London, girls in a playground are told they are stinking Jews and should stay off the slide. In China, posts likening Jews to parasites, vampires, or snakes proliferate on social media, attracting thousands of likes. These are examples of incidents of anti-Semitism which have surged globally since the attack by Hamas gunmen on southern Israel on October 7th and subsequent war on the Islamic group launched by Israel in the Gaza Strip. This is the scariest time to be Jewish since World War II. We've had problems before, but things have never been this bad in my lifetime, says Anthony Adler, 62, speaking outside a synagogue where he has gone to pray in Goldears Green, a London neighborhood with a large Jewish community. In countries where figures are available from police or civil society groups, including the United States, Britain, France, Germany, and South Africa, the pattern is clear. The number of anti-Semitic incidents has gone up since October 7th by several hundred percent compared to the same period last year. In some countries, such as the United States and Britain, Islamophobic incidents have gone up since October 7th. Notice, notice, notice what Reuters does not do. Reuters has the data available. They just said in countries where figures are available. Anti-Semitic incidents are up by several hundred percent. They don't give you a percentage on Islamophobic attacks because they haven't gone up nearly as much. 
Meanwhile, terrorist threats against the United States reached a whole other level after the Hamas attack on Israel, FBI Director Christopher Wray told Congress on Tuesday, saying the big players in terrorism have all renewed calls to attack America and its interests. He said al-Qaeda has issued its most specific call for attacks on the U.S. in years. Islamic State leaders have ordered followers to attack Jewish communities, and Hezbollah is eyeing U.S. targets in the Middle East. Iran, meanwhile, has pushed proxy attacks on U.S. military bases. Here's the problem for Democrats. When white dudes in polo shirts and khakis march through the University of Virginia carrying tiki torches, they could point to the tiki torch whites and say, there are the anti-Semites. The problem is at this point, most of the anti-Semites everybody's worried about are in the Democratic Party. The Tiki Torch Whites turn out to be a fringe part of the right and a dominant proportion of the left. The progressive coalition is filled with anti-Semites who don't hate Israel but hate the Jews. And for the longest time, they could voice those criticisms as criticisms of Israel and progressive Jews would nod along and say, oh, that BB, that guy sucks. And it turns out the whole time they were just emboldening the anti-Semites who didn't really hate Bibi Netanyahu and didn't hate the conservatives of Israel. They hate the Jews specifically and broadly. You can't be nuanced in that. You can't cover that. You can't play that straight. The Democratic Party has to humor its terrorist wing in order to be able to advance the cause of Israel uh, with the rest of the Democrats. They've got to pat the Hamas caucus of Congress on the head and say, we're tackling Islamophobia in order to fund Israel. You should not have to negotiate with terrorists within the Democratic Party and their supporters and the supporters of evil. And yet the president of the United States has spent more time talking about Islamophobia in the past week or so. It wasn't a coincidence when Corrine Jean-Pierre pivoted a question of anti-Semitism to Islamophobia. She apologized the next day and said, oh, I misunderstood it. I'm sorry. But it's pretty freaking clear since then that she did not misunderstand it, that it is a coordinated strategy in the White House to talk about Islamophobia, not anti-Semitism, to placate the terrorist wing of the Democratic Party. And there is a terrorist wing of the Democratic Party. You've got Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and half of Harvard marching in the streets, talking river to sea, the code word for genocide against the Jews. It's a terrorist wing of the Democratic Party. It's beyond a Hamas caucus. These people are on the side of evil. They're on the side of the terrorists. And Joe Biden feels the need to placate them and humor them and speak to them in loving, dulcet tones so maybe he's the last one eaten by the tiger. I'm yelling again, aren't I? Righteous indignation, I guess it is. There's always going to be hate. And there's always going to be racism. Racism is a sin. We're all sinners. We're not all racist, but racism is a sin. And as long as there are sinners, there will be racism. There will always be anti-Semitism. There will always be Islamophobia. But Islamophobia, it's not a 
mainstream position. Anti-Semitism clearly is on these campuses. You got the student at Cornell who was arrested for his threats. At Harvard, the head of the law review physically assaulted a Jewish student. You've got pro-Hamas supporters in the streets of New York and all over New Jersey and Connecticut and the like in New England and on college campuses around the country tearing down the pictures of the Jewish hostages. You've got Christian Amanpour on CNN doing the whole poor Palestinian routine, those awful war crimes committing Israelis who are going after Hamas, who happen to put their installations in civilian areas so that Israel has to kill the civilians who don't leave. There's no nuance except when it comes to those poor Palestinians, but we'll leave out anything that that explains why Israel's doing what it's doing. And let's forget about the October 7th attack. We don't need that. There's a both sides-ism in the media on this. There's a both sides-ism. I'm sorry, there aren't both sides when only one side is decapitating babies. And you've got people at the New York Times who right now still, and members of Congress, refuse to accept and acknowledge the truth. They lecture Donald Trump on the stolen election, but you can't tell them the truth that those children really did lose their heads. No, they won't believe it. They're in denial about it. They don't want to believe that their side is capable. They believe their side is pure. But if their side did it, they're sure it's justified for some reason. These people are on the side of evil. These people are on the side of evil. And Joe Biden has decided he must placate that evil because the shadows that hide under Joe Biden's bed at night, he does not want them coming for him until they've come for everyone else first. So he will placate the evil, hoping to be consumed by it last. That's moral cowardice from the president of the United States. And he and all those who believe he's in the right in this, you should all be ashamed for giving lip service to something and actually defending evil. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number 877-973-7425. You know, one of the ironic parts of what's happening right now, uh, let's step back after uh, the George Floyd situation and the Black Lives Matters riots and the burning of Kenosha, Wisconsin and like, a lot of black families went out and started buying firearms because uh, the left wanted to defund police and so people were running out buying guns. They needed to protect themselves and now it's the Jews in America who are arming. My my friend uh, Bethany Mandel commented on social media, the number of friends of hers in the Jewish community who have started buying guns and are learning to use guns. I I got a friend of mine, he's Jewish. I actually took him machine gun shooting his Rob, my affiliates guy, and he was not familiar with guns. And it was kind of funny to me growing up in in the South with people who, like, you're an anomaly if you don't know anything about guns. And he had shot a couple times in the past, but he just wasn't familiar uh, with guns, really. It's not something he had done. Uh, and it was just interesting to me. And now um, I, I, I know so many people all of a sudden who are starting to ask questions about guns and the need for guns. They don't feel safe in their communities. They don't feel like the police are going to come to them. They are their first line of self-defense. And you know, by the way, uh, you really are. You you are your own uh, first line of defense, if someone's breaking into your home and you call 911, you're going to be able to deal with the intruder before 911 does. I, you know, um, I, 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 some friends of mine, they own a company called True Precision, True, True Precision if I can speak. 
uh, they they were kind enough to gift me a, a Glock 19. I, I bought uh, guns from them as well and, and got my wife a gun from them. A Glock 19 is is a small gun that you can carry on your person. It's not super weighty, nine millimeter. It's it's a fantastic gun. I really I, I like it a ton. Uh, and, and True Precision does cool stuff with guns, but it, it's just it's it's remarkable to me the number of people are asking me questions about it. And I'm not a huge gun aficionado. I love them. I got them. I got a lot of them. But I've got friends who are really into guns, and I'm not. Uh, I am one of those people who used to call the magazine the clip until I knew better. A lot of people should know better and don't. But people are starting to ask questions. There are lots of NRA-certified instructors, and as much as I'm critical of the NRA as a political organization these days, uh, NRA instructors are very good. If you're interested in guns at all, call your local gun range. Learn gun safety. Learn gun safety for real, y'all. If you're worried about the environment we're in and you're getting a gun, you really owe it to yourself and your family to take a legitimate gun safety class. How do you store it? How do you clean it? How do you use it? How do you keep your family safe? The number one cause of gun deaths in this country after suicide is accidental discharge, and there are a lot of kids who die. If you're interested in getting a gun, you really should go take an NRA gun safety class or go to a local gun range that has certified instructors and sign up for a class. Don't just go buy a gun. Sign up for class and learn. It is a dangerous instrument that is lethal if used correctly, which is by design. I am a strong proponent of them, but understand you need to learn how to use them. You really do. Recently, 10 regional banks have had their credit downgraded. They're just going to keep racking up profits. They're going to get a sweetheart bailout if things get worse, and things just might get worse. My friends at Swiss America have been sounding the alarm about the secret war on cash. It's an all-out assault on our freedoms. With soaring interest rates, squeezing the economy, and banks teetering on collapse, Swiss America can educate you on ways to protect your hard-earned assets now. They've got this great report, The Secret War on Cash. You can get your copy free by calling or texting 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency. It's spreading daily, so go read The Secret War on Cash. It's free to my listeners. Just mention my name, Eric Erickson, when you call or text 800-289-2646. That's 800 800- 289-2646 or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Message and data rates may apply. It's 800-289-2646. You mention Eric Erickson or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. So I spoke this morning at my kid's school. I, I got to address chapel. I, I got to preach. Uh, I did it on Jude verse 5, which I've I've done before. And uh, the principal said, you got to go deep, go deep. Um, the the kids don't want superficial understanding because they, they have really deep Bible classes. So I got to, which is fun. Uh, it, went to the, the, it covered the hypostatic union, for those of you who know what it is. And then I had to tie it into Reformation Day because it's Reformation Week at that school. They take Reformation Day very seriously at that school. Uh, I, I don't want to say what they used to do because it'd probably get them all canceled, but they, they have a big dodgeball event. Um, that's how they celebrate it. And um, But all the kids have to learn the Martin Luther theses and why they're important and stuff. So I got to—it was fun. So um, anyway, um, I, on with the show— 
I got to tell you, yesterday, I mentioned the Democrats play a game of Calvin Ball. Uh, and the rules of Calvin Ball are that there are no rules except anything that helps Calvin win. Calvin, the comic book character, uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Remember, it's really bad if you're super wealthy, if you're a Republican. If you are a Republican and you're a wealthy guy like Mitt Romney, you're too detached from the plight of the common man. Well, now they're playing Calvin Ball. And now if you're a poor Republican, it's really bad because you might be subject to bribes. I want to read you this from Vanity Fair. It really is, heads you lose, tails they win. In the week since Mike Johnson was elected Speaker of the House, we've learned a tremendous amount about the Louisiana Republican, and virtually none of it has been good. For example, the man the GOP just elevated to one of the most powerful jobs in the federal government tried to help Donald Trump steal a second term, is virulently anti-abortion, thinks America doesn't have a gun problem, very possibly does not believe in evolution, definitely doesn't believe in separation of church and state, has claimed homosexuality is sinful and destructive, and is married to someone who founded a company that equates being gay with bestiality and incest. And now for something totally different, we've learned the new House Speaker doesn't have any bank accounts listed on his financial disclosures. The Daily Beast reports that in financial disclosures dating back to 2016, the year he joined Congress, Johnson never reported having a savings or checking account in his name, his spouse's name, or in the name of any of his children in his latest filing, which covers last year. He doesn't list a single asset, which, given that he makes more than $200,000 a year in addition to his wife's salary, is a little odd. As the Daily Beast left-wing reporter notes, it's unlikely Johnson literally doesn't have a bank account. Rather, it's that he lives paycheck to paycheck, and the money he does have in various accounts doesn't meet the reporting threshold set by the House Ethics Committee. Members must disclose any accounts at any financial institutions that have at least $1,000 in them and a combined value of more than $5,000. Accounts belonging to members' spouses and dependent children count. And while it's a fact that most Americans live paycheck to paycheck and that about a third would not have the money on hand to cover an expected, unexpected $400 expense. When it comes to Johnson, the numbers don't add up. Really? They don't? See, now suddenly they're saying he makes $200,000 a year and he's rich. His income puts him in the top 12% of earners. And it's extraordinarily rare for members of Congress to not list a qualifying bank account, let alone zero assets. Brett Kappel, a government ethics reporter, told the Daily Beast... Jordan Leibowitz, communications director for the left-wing Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, offered a blunt assessment, saying if Johnson truly doesn't have any assets, it raises questions about his personal financial well-being. He made $200,000 last year. His wife took home salary from two employers. So why isn't there a bank account or some form of savings? He does have a retirement plan that he lists. He owes hundreds of thousands of dollars between a mortgage, personal loan, and a home equity line of credit. So where did the money go? If he truly has no bank account and no assets, it raises questions. One of the reasons we have these financial disclosures is to know whether politicians are having financial difficulties, which could make them right for influence buying, which apparently is one of the things we have to worry about. If he was wealthy, they'd be excoriating him. I, I bet I know what the problem is. 
follow along with me here. Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, has been in Congress since 2016. He makes a little bit over $200,000 a year as a member of Congress. His wife draws salaries from two separate employers. They have a number of children. He doesn't list a bank account because he doesn't have uh, more than $1,000 in a savings account or, or a checking account up to $5,000 combined. He's a devout Christian and a Southern Baptist. What do you want to bet Mike Johnson is on the Dave Ramsey plan, and that's why? Because, you know, the Dave Ramsey plan, you do a household budget every month. He's got a mortgage and a home equity line of credit. He's got a personal loan he's paying off. He's got a retirement plan. What do you want to bet Mike Johnson is throwing every disposable dollar at the mortgage, the loan, the home equity line of credit. He doesn't have massive piles of credit card debt. I bet you Mike Johnson's doing the Dave Ramsey plan, paying his money off. I, I bet that's what it is. So every every available dollar is budgeted for. So you're not leaving stray money in a checking or savings account. You're sending that money. It's going to be going to a retirement plan. It's going to be going into mutual funds. By the way, he does have a retirement plan. It's documented. It's listed. He's got an IRA. He's going to be pouring his money into paying off loans, and he's going to be paying off all the other bills in the family. I bet you he's doing something like the Dave Ramsey program, and these elite, liberal, progressive, secular, atheist, white people, they probably don't even know who Dave Ramsey is. What they know is that they see a Speaker of the House, and how dare he live paycheck to paycheck. These are the same people who want you to know the economy is doing just fine uh, because their Pilates classes have only gone up 15%. I bet you. I Look, this is total speculation on my part, but I bet you Mike Johnson's family, given their background, Southern Baptist, Evangelical, Bible-believing, they're on the Dave Ramsey plan. We're getting on the Dave Ramsey plan in my house. We're starting to work there. And so the problem is, have I told you all this? I met Dave. I met him last month, and I told him we were about to start, and now his team keeps reaching out. Have you started? Have you started? When are you starting? Well, you get it off the ground, Erickson. They sent me some books. We're starting it. We're starting it. And the first part of it is you build a budget. You got to account for every single penny that comes in, and you got to allocate it. It's got to be working for you in some way. Paying off debt, paying off bills, growing your savings. Mike Johnson, he's got the savings. He's, he's doing the Dave Ramsey plan. But what's notable to me is that it, it just you and I both know darn well if he were a millionaire, they would be attacking him for that. But he's not a millionaire. He's a Orthodox Bible-believing Christian who is deeply committed to his faith and lives paycheck to paycheck. By the way, he has an adopted black son. They're attacking him for that as well. He doesn't use his black son in commercials and mail pieces because he doesn't want his black son to feel like he's a prop or to be seen as a prop. So he doesn't do that. So they're attacking him for that too. They're attacking him for everything. Everything they can get their hands on, they're attacking. So they're attacking him for interracial adoption because the left, believe it or not, 
The left in America right now does not like interracial adoption. They think interracial adoption is bad because you're taking a black child out of the black community, and a black child is bound to his skin color. Therefore, if you take a black child out of the oppressed class community and raise him in the oppressor class community, you are in other ways oppressing him in ways that will make him oblivious to his oppression and will cause him to act badly in the future. No, I'm not making that up. That's a real thing. These people are insane. Progressivism is a mental health issue. And you got a Speaker of the House who's living paycheck to paycheck. He's living paycheck to paycheck. He's paying off all of his debts. He's got a mortgage he's paying on. He's got a home equity line of credit he's paying on. He's got a personal loan he's paying on. He's more normal than they wish you to believe. Most Americans still go to church on Sunday, believe in God, and live paycheck to paycheck. Even people who make $200,000, $300,000 a year. I know somebody who makes up to $800,000 a year and is struggling living paycheck to paycheck. Now, some of that's a little bit obscene and obscene and, and paying large, large bills every month. But a lot of Americans, regardless of their income level, under a million dollars, they're living paycheck to paycheck. Some of them are writing big checks for kids' private school or cars or homes, you name it. Mike Johnson makes $200,000 a year. He'll get a little bit of a pay bump by being Speaker of the House. And he's living paycheck to paycheck. And they hate him for that. They think now he's going to be corrupt and subject to bribe. But if he were a millionaire billionaire, they would also believe he was corrupt and subject to bribe to preserve his business interests that caused him to be a millionaire billionaire. This is Calvin Ball. This is Calvin Ball. They're moving the, the goalposts. They're changing the rules of the game. It used to be if you were a fat cat Republican, you were corrupt and bad. And now if you're a Republican who lives paycheck to paycheck, you're corrupt and subject to bribery and bad. All they want to do is make sure they always win the game. And the, those members of the media who feed the narrative. And by the way, the, so the the reporting went out, the talking points went out. This is everywhere over the media. It's not just Vanity Fair. There are reports at every major political uh, news source in America that the man lives paycheck to paycheck as Speaker of the House of Representatives. That should at least endear him to people who will understand, he understands, the plight of the working class in America. But how can he when he makes six figures? Oh, there are a lot of upper-income, uh, upper-middle-class people in America right now who are struggling. And at this point, given Bidenomics, you make $200,000 a year, you're not really that wealthy because the cost of living is so high, you're upper-middle-class. You're covering private school tuition for your kids. You're paying on your mortgage. You're, you're doing all these things. They just want to hate him. They want to come up with an excuse to hate him, and this is how they've decided to hate him. What you won't hate is going to EdenPureDeals.com and getting an Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the three-pack. You can get them, three of them, at EdenPureDeals.com. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the discount code ERIC on the front page of the site. You put in the discount code ERIC, and you can get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. Now, what are Eden Pure Thunderstorms? They're air purifiers, so they get rid of the dust, they get rid of the pollen, they get rid of all the stuff floating in the air. They use electrostatic plates, by the way, which is kind of cool. They've got these metal plates. Uh, they get a static charge, and as the air flows through them, they trap the particles. And so you just wipe them out on occasion. You don't even have to get a filter subscription. But then where they really shine, and this is actually how I use I don't use them as an air purifier. I use them because of their odor elimination. They wipe out odors. 
they get rid of smoke odors, litter box odors, general pet odors, the wet dog smell, uh, cooking odors, you name it, they wipe them out. I've had rental cars where people have smoked in the rental car, sometimes cigarette smoke, sometimes something else, and they stink. And the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, you can plug it in with a USB cord in the car and just wipe out the odors. Hotel rooms, same way. I keep one in my travel bag. They're a little bigger than my hand. They work great. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is just my name, Eric. Get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200, and you get free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. He's got the courage to tell you the actual truth, even when it isn't popular. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425. And this hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, buying on a business partner, things like that for your business, First Liberty helps businesses grow. If you see opportunity and banks are giving you the runaround, reach out to First Liberty. They might just be able to help you at a time a lot of banks don't want to help anybody. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're fit for the program. See if they're a fit for you. You might be able to have a beautiful relationship. Y'all, the wokes, it really is a religion. So the book I'm writing, uh, You Will Be As Gods, will come out the beginning of next year. And it's about how so much of what we're seeing on the left really is religious in nature, Gnostic in nature, some level of secret knowledge of woke Gnosticism. And it is pervasive in society and even in supposedly scientific communities. So there's this story in the New York Times, the American Ornithological Society, the organization responsible for standardizing English bird names across the Americas. They've announced they're going to rename all species honoring people. Bird names derived from people, the society said, can be harmful, exclusive, and detract from the focus, appreciation, and consideration of the birds themselves. That means the Audubon's Shearwater, a bird found off the coast of the southeast United States, will no longer have a name acknowledging John James Audubon, a famous bird illustrator, and a slave owner who opposed abolition. The Scots Oriole, a black and yellow bird inhabiting the southwest in Mexico, will receive a new moniker, which will sever ties to the U.S. Civil War General Winfield Scott, who oversaw the forced relocation of indigenous people in 1838 that eventually became the Trail of Tears. Winfield Scott, an American hero, no less. The organization's response decision is a response to pressures from birders to redress the recognition of historical figures with racist or <clears throat> colonial pasts. They're humoring the pathological wokes. Woko Haram has come for the birds. One of this, this is hilarious. A, a, a petition in 2020 said um, that, that the names of these birds was, quote, isolating and demeaning reminders of oppression, slavery, and genocide. This is just stupid. I mean, it, it genuinely is stupid. We're going to rename birds because some white progressive bird watcher got their panties in a wad over it? 
It's the dumbest stuff that happens. And we have to placate all these people. You, you notice, uh, let's look at the anti-Semitism on college campuses. You've got all these people on the left on college campuses. They bent over backwards about microaggressions. They took down statues of, of uh, Robert E. Lee. They, they what, got rid of recognition of his horse because people were triggered by it. Um, but anti-Semitism, well, it's free speech. It's free speech. So when the wokes, when the progressive wokes are aggrieved, all of society must move heaven and earth for them. But when it's the Jews who are aggrieved, well, screw them. They're occupier colonizers anyway. When you see the whole world as occupiers and occupied, as colonizers and decolonizers, this is the sort of stuff you get. This is the big important thing of the day that the American Orthological Society, at a time you got windmills chopping up birds and birds going extinct. Well, we need to change the names of the soon-to-be-extinct birds because when they're extinct, we don't want them being called anything related to John James Audubon. It is a pathology of the law. Now, does it affect any of us? No. Should we care? Probably not. At the same time, it happens time and time again. And first, it's the fringes of society. First, they're tearing down uh, statues, and then they're changing the names of birds. At some point, they're just going to start, well, you can't name your child Robert because, you know, could have been named after Robert E. Lee. You're going to have to change your name, your child's name now. No Roberts allowed. Oh, you don't think this is coming? And come on. You know this is where it leads. It leads to the most perverse, absurd things. You never start with the most perverse, absurd things. You start at the fringes of society. Well, obviously, we want to take down the statue of Robert E. Lee. Well, obviously, we don't want to honor his horse. Well, obviously, we have to change the name of the bird because it might be triggering to someone. I didn't even know there was a bird named after John James Audubon. <laughs> 